Grand Rising, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you are listening to this podcast, I'd like to say welcome. This is Thoughts of a Black Girl. Hey y'all, so I want to first start off by saying, excuse missed segment last week, I gave myself a couple of moments where I could have tried to record, but because there was so much going on, I chose to save my last week's segment for this week, and I hope that you all can forgive me from the bottom of my heart, and sincerely, um, my best friend got married, and um, I was in her wedding, and it was a beautiful, beautiful, when two come together as one, it's a beautiful thing, and and I actually um, never been in a wedding as an adult. Um, I think I've said that in a previous segment. I've been a flower girl in my in my mother's wedding when I was a child. Um, she got married in Nevada. Um, but um, this was an amazing opportunity. It was a a lot of going on. It was um, tears happiness. I mean, I felt a lot of the emotions because it, of course, it is my best friend, um, saved some moments. Right. And it's, and it was just an amazing opportunity. Um, we were all so beautiful. It was, a um, and I really actually got an opportunity to see how, you know, just how it should be, right? When two people love each other, when two people are into each other, when two people, when a, when a man's truly riding for his woman, right? And the woman got her man's back. I I love to see that even when they when they disagree how, you know, neither one gives up on each other until it comes together. So, but I'm going to save all the mushy stuff for my other podcast, Victoria's Intimate Diaries, but this one this particular segment was um, I wanted to follow up with you on the inclusion meeting I had with my children on the parenthood and and just some of the things that I wanted to cover for this segment was just um, so a couple of weeks ago and I remember speaking on the, um, having a more inclusive family unit and so we had the meeting and I mentioned saying in some previous segments that I would give you all an update and so in the meeting a lot of um a lot of things that were talked about or discussed was um based on rules and and um implementing different different um disciplinary tactics, right? And my oldest daughter had said something and she had mentioned how it should be a rehabilitation and not so much discipline, but something kind of redirecting the behavior um, so that there's a better outcome than, you know, the standard some of the things that I've learned as a child and just watching other parents and where they've gotten their discipline and, and it's just, um, 
domino effect of you do something we don't like, we're going to whoop you or hit you or put you in, you know, do something to you, right? To let you know that if you do this behavior, there will be a punishment placed upon you that's going to inflict pain upon you to ensure that you won't go down that route again. And when I think about where we even got those tactics, it really, really um, is shameful, you know, like a lot of times that we've, uh, we've picked up those tactics from Europeans and not saying that I mean, we all, I even have European in me, but those tactics were used to get the masses afraid of the minority, the true minority at that particular time, which was, you know, the Europeans. So when you come in and you're in their slavery or, or just different things throughout history where you, you see that the hierarchy, right, would beat on, whip, and abuse their um, their slaves or their whoever they wanted to be conducive into their ways, right? Uh, who who when they want someone to do whatever they want them to do. So in the beginning of time. In history, we see these slave masters and these kings or these leaders that come hard down hard on their uh, predecessors and things like that, um, and they inflict some type of beating or some type of pain to get that person to um, do what they want them to do, right? And we have adopted that into parenting and took the spare the rod, spoil the child, literally, right? It's like, is it not, is it good not to do that? Like, are we supposed to um, spoil our children, right? Are we supposed to spare the rod? But that same rod throughout history has been used to coerce or change or get people to or manipulate others to do what you want them to do by way of inflicting harmful pain. So ultimately, I don't I don't hit my kids. Um, I try to, when I discipline them, I try to take things away from them uh, that they find enjoyment, like uh, tablets and game consoles, phones, things like that. But sometimes it even gets to the point where they don't care what I take away, right? I have taught them to speak up, speak their mind to the point where at at this point where they are as they're growing they seem to talk back and sometimes it gets frustrating for me because I remember being so afraid um I mean until of course I got into adulthood but I remember as a child and even as a teenager being so afraid to voice how I feel to my parents to my mother because I was afraid of the backlash, because, or talking back, you know, um, any of those things, 
that would be in, in disagreement with my parents' views, I was afraid. And it wasn't, and that fear was, what is she going to do, right? What is the response going to be? What kind of pain will be inflicted upon me if I do what I want to do and not what I am told to do or what they make me do? And so one of the things I am adopted as a parent was just to ensure that I look at my children as individuals, right? I look at them as God beings as well. And they're able to speak how they feel. They're able to now, a lot of times, because I've done that, they feel like they know a lot more than what they really do know. So that is, that's the fine line when you're an adult and you live life, you know, in my case, over three decades, right? And I'm talking to a child that's only lived one decade or a half a decade, right? And they are telling me, right, how something should go or telling me what the outcome of something is when I know for the facts that that's not true, right? But they're telling me because from their point of perspective, that's what they believe. So that's when I step in and say, okay, where do I draw the line? Where where do we draw the line as parents, right? Having children that have the freedom to speak and feel and say and believe how they want to believe, right? Because that's what I want them to be able to do. But on the other hand, the false narratives that they make up because they have not truly experienced whatever that thing may or may not be. And so um, I'm having to, I find myself having to negotiate or argue or persuade, right? A child. <laughs> and so I know I have friends that are like, no, there's no, there's no persuading. There's no negotiation. It's this is you're the adult. You know what's right. You know what's best. And that's it. Your words and whatever you say is law and they must abide or face the consequences, which I I do see that way and I, and I understand that and I actually do find appreciation for that in a balanced sense because I do know that I've had to find myself letting my child know, letting my children know at different times like, no, this is not right. I am the parent here. I know what I'm talking about and you do not. So let's like end this debate because there's no debate. I know the facts here and you do not. <laughs> and so I'm finding that I'm having to do that more often, but that's the that's the consequence of allowing them to have their own mind, their own ways of thinking and not being a disciplinary when it comes to when they are sharing how they feel freedom freely or giving their opinions or their perspective. Um, I did this so that they can always have their own mind. If something doesn't feel right to them, no matter if it's coming from me 
or doesn't if if it's for sure coming from me someone who's raised them right or who's raising them then they're definitely going to question and have their own minds when it comes to anyone outside of my household so an authority figure a teacher a police officer um friends anyone right they'll have their own perspective they'll have their own mindset um and they'll feel how they they truly want to feel about certain things and i do um and that's where i find the appreciation what I didn't, on the flip side, I didn't realize that it was going to be an uphill, almost an, somewhat of an uphill battle because not only are they going to question my authority, right, even as their mom, and they don't see any type of respect level difference between me or a teacher or anyone else. Everyone has... um a leveled playing field in their lives, then that's that's the thing. That's that's what makes me feel like, wait, you know, I'm your mother. If anyone you should look at with the higher respect, with the higher authority, it's me because I bore you. But some reason, uh, my children don't have that. Pr- per se they and I feel like they do more so with their father and I think this is goes back to ensuring that when you're in a relationship when you're in when you have um, a husband and wife scenario and you're raising your kids together to make sure that any arguments any respect the children see um, the respect given on both parties, the respect given to the man, the father and the in the relationship that the children are witnessing, and the respect given to the mother in the relationship that the children are witnessing. Um, part of my divorce, part of the reason for the divorce was the disrespect that I was that was inflicted into onto me throughout the years and the belittling in the actions of inflicted onto me where whether it's my decision making whether it's um, just outright disrespect on things that I've said and or the outright arguments or any abuse that they had witnessed towards me over over the years would have them demean my level of who I am or my authority in their lives because they see that someone else is not respecting it their their own you know their father so I believe that if one of the things I could take from my experience and where I'm at now and that I can give on to you all is if you are in a um relationship, whether it's co-parenting or you're in the household raising kids together or you're going to be raising kids with someone to ensure that especially in front of those children you're raising, that you both show each other a level of respect, of honesty, of truthfulness, of honor, right? Um, 
and that you all don't take each other's words for granted, but when the words are given, that they're a bond. And this also will teach the children to have respect and for one another. And I believe that's also goes into um, also being able to... Um, have any type of adult conversation, right? So what I've I believe that I've learned from that experience, my my marriage and having children in a household and just in general is just have some conversations, adult conversations are meant for just adults to be around, right? And some interactions are meant for the adults Slowly, whether it's um, a meeting that has to be had between a teacher and a parent, whether it's it's because children can pick up on respect levels, children can pick up on who has the authority, children can pick up on if you're being disrespected and allowing the disrespect, and they will treat you accordingly and naturally manipulate situations in their favor according to who they can play off of. And it's just a natural human instinct um, that can be corrected if it's not healthy. But you also have to ensure that you're reflecting healthy interactions with your other relationships, especially in front of your children. So that's one of some of the things I I would say I'm giving as learning. Um, my my children are already at their ages. I have a small small daughter who's will be seven. She has you know I believe um, the best respect because. M- the marriage and the respect level that me and my ex-husband has had and just the interactions has grew significantly significantly over the last decade. So even us being separated the last three to four years, she's she's young enough to have not witnessed the um so much of it as as though like my 15 year old or my daughter who's going to be 18. And so some of them, they, they've witnessed the brute of it. Um, and my, my 11 year old, she has witnessed the brute of it. So it's a lot of molding and, and then they're learning from each other as well. So she's picking up off of how the teenagers are responding to a lot of the changes. And so that she's going through a lot of changes herself, going into adolescence and going through puberty. So going through those changes herself. And so she's acting and reflecting off emotions and things that she's not real, um, you know, doesn't know how to communicate or express. And so me as a parent, as an open-minded parent, um, having a more, the inclusion and having the meeting, there was a lot of things brought up that we had already talked about um, when it comes to dating, um, when it comes to um, 
talking back or respect or lying and some of the things that some of the things I wanted to bring up and it's also letting them know punishment for a crime right so if I have rules within my house right and I'm teaching them how to be adults that thrive in society right so if I have rules in my house and they're broken or there's rules of respect right and that we all have to follow not just I'm not a dictator where I'm like okay this rule is for you all and it doesn't apply to me because I'm the adult here and this is what I say and what I say goes I never have that type of attitude I really despise those if you have that type of parenting style that's good for you you know to each his own but I'm not one of those parents that say do what I do not what I say or do what I say not what I do I'm more like you know if I'm going to be telling you not to do something otherwise other than you know something that's legally age restricted but if I'm going to be telling you not to do something or to do something I want to be implementing those same rules to myself right and if I'm going to discipline you right this is how I see things if we're gonna there's gonna be discipline then there needs to be a set rule and a set uh a set um discipline or a set action or set set consequences what I'm trying to say to each rule and we've discussed it so there's no I didn't know you just making things up no we sat down we had a meeting we discussed what the rules are and for breaking these rules we discussed what the discipline the consequences are and if you choose to break this rule then you have a set consequence associated and there's no surprise because you already knew what was coming you already knew what we discussed and that's kind of how we go forth now and there's not going to be and I don't believe there's going to be any type of abuse or physicality or that type of discipline where you're there whoopings or beatings and things like that because at this point when they're all old enough to communicate and they know and understand consequences for actions then why would I hit them they're not I'm not trying to coerce them I'm not I'm not overpowering them okay they're human beings right they're not cattle um, they're not animal you know just you know untamed animals which kind of they are but you know what I mean like there's a balance to it they're human beings they have emotions they have feelings they can articulate and sometimes they cannot and then we talk about it right um and I definitely believe it's it changes for per age right all my children are um old you know, they're not, I don't have babies. Now, I feel like, you know, if there's a baby trying to touch a socket, trying to touch something hot, yeah, I'm going to tap their hand, keep them from touching that hot thing, right? And that teach, keep them from touching that hot thing in order to ensure that they don't get something worse than my hit on the hand from keeping them you know what I'm saying the, the hit on the hand is just minute to the pain that they're going to inflict upon themselves if they touch that hot 
and get hot stove or hot whatever and get or socket and get electrocuted and die or get burned to third, second degree burns, right? So there's a level to when, you know, you do have to, you know, add a, a tap or, or something to keep a child from doing, you know, a baby, right, from doing, but then the, it should definitely progress into different things as they get older. Now, um, I don't know if you all have adopted the inclusion in the meet the family meetings, but it's definitely helped us. Um, my children look forward to the family meeting. We actually have one coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, my daughter actually at one of my oldest daughter out of the four, um, actually, um, was tested positive for COVID. So during that meeting that we had, she's negative now, but during that meeting we had, I literally, she could not be in the room with us. We had to do FaceTime. So, um, but she was very informative and, you know, I know my, my youngest or my 11 year old kind of felt like, you know, you only took heed to, you know, this, my 17, the 17 year old's perspective. And I said, it's not that I took heed to this, to what she was saying. It's that she's older. So she's closest to the adult. So she's lived, I've raised her. She's about to go off to college. So a lot of things that my 11 year old or my six year old or had, um, brought up into the meeting as far as when I ask them, do they have any concerns or anything that they want to bring up? It's rules and things that we've already implemented. It's things that's already been in stone prior to them even being born. So it was redundant to continue to go over the same things in the same. Um, so when my older daughter gave her perspective and gave her feedback it was a lot of it was new new things new ways to look at things because we've already been through the old stuff and so for my younger ones they're like well this is new to us and I don't understand why this is always well you know what this was a rule in place from the first to the to the last kid, you know, so that's something that's going to stay in place because it's already been a rule and I'm not going to change it up just based on you or you being born or you, you know, because it's worked and it's something that we're going to keep in place. And so she, the oldest understood that the youngest done. So when the, the oldest had new ideas, new things, I took those more so in heed because it was something new because all the old rules, for instance, no dating until 16. I feel like 16 is a milestone. You can get your own job. You can have your own car. And that to me seems like an appropriate age to say you're dating someone because actually at that particular time you can actually date someone right you can actually use your money take your own hard-earned money and drive your own car put your gas in it and go meet someone and pay your own way or they pay yours and that's considered a date Prior to the age of 16 or 15, I don't believe that can happen without the parents being the one 
to pay parents being the one to, and I don't believe I would, I'm just not one of those parents that's going to pay for my child to date someone on the basis that they like them for what? It's not going to be marriage. It's not going to be sex. So why are you wanting to date? Otherwise, it's, I believe before that age, it should be group outings. It should be a group of girls hanging out with a group of guys and they're all hanging out, a school party, things like that. So that's my own beliefs. People take how they want. I mean, I have friends that say, oh, my son has a or a girlfriend or my daughter has a girlfriend and they've been having girlfriends, boyfriends, third grade, second grade, first grade. They've been holding hands. They talk on the phone. Yeah, I just don't believe that's appropriate for my children. I just don't believe it's appropriate for kids, period. That's my own belief system. So if you're into to each his own, I just believe that there's a certain age that dating should be, you know, allowed. And I feel like milestone 16 is appropriate age. Um, and it's been in stone that way. And I appreciate that. And um, at this point, my daughter, my daughter, 17, has only had two boyfriends. Um, when I was her age back, you know, and how I grew up, it's like when I was, I didn't have, I had no, really no boyfriends. I just had guy friends. Um, there's a couple times that, you know, I guess, yeah, I just didn't have no boyfriends. <laughs> like, I just didn't have uh, I just had guys I liked and um, I would talk to like on a different ones, you know, throughout the years. So it's like never really been, this is my boyfriend until I was old enough to actually, um, yeah, work, drive, you know, and my mom didn't put no particular rules. It's just kind of how it worked out in my life. So, um, and and I see the differences and, um, but I did have a few when even went before and I ended up being, getting pregnant, right? At 13. So I believe that it just, you have to be careful, um, with your children when you're saying dating or whatever. I, I was 13, I was 13. I had no business having a 17 year old boyfriend. So I believe that those are things that parents look out for, parents need to look out for, and particular rules installed early, instilled early can prevent. That's just my opinion. So anyway, on to the next topic I wanted to speak on, and it's just preparing for the future, preparing for forever. So on continuing on the parenthood a lot of us parents um may not even have been raised by our parents or seen good examples of uh, interaction like I was saying right and in that case for instance there's a lot of um 
restrictions, whether it was financially or different things that had happened, if you don't grow up with money, if you don't grow up with your parents and just different things, or if you have toxic parents. And so as when you become an adult and if you've made irresponsible choices, where whereas you're bringing children into this world at a young age, then, um, and even from my perspective, having a child, at, being a child, right? So then when you become an adult, you're finally able to do the things you want to do. And if you were restricted in any way, you want to live life unrestricted, right? You want to live free. You want to do what you want to do. Well, the problem with that is if you have had children, right, then your choices should not predominantly be about you doing what you want to do for you and finally getting your freedom your choices should be based on making sure your child has the best life that they need or making sure they have their needs met making sure their future is taken care of and ultimately providing the life that's that you didn't have for them right However, selfishly, because you feel or someone may feel they might miss out on something, they don't do that. They're striving to look good. They're striving to finally get the things that they couldn't get when they were younger. They're striving to um, make sure that they have their their wants, right? And it's one of those things that I remember a pastor mentioning um, is people will go around and get what they want, right? But beg their needs, beg their needs and buy their wants when it really should be buying what they need, right? And until they're able to get what they want, get what they want. And I had a conversation with a friend and I was just like, what's going on with a lot of these fathers or a lot of, and it's because a lot of these men, even women, you know, are some are selfishly thinking. They're thinking, what can I do now to get this instant gratification of, or this instant fulfillment, right? So they're not saving because they're using their money now instantaneously. So this is going into more of the financial portion of my segment, just FYI, but just they're, they're spending their money they're doing, they're buying now, right? They're buying their nows. And so doing that, they're not saving for the future. And they're not uh, saving for their children's future. They're, they're spending their money on material. Let me get this, this leather Gucci belt. Let me get this really nice car, spend all my money on all this stuff. Well, knowing that this stuff depreciates, right? This stuff gets old with time. It's not like it's an art artifacts, right? That's going to grow and get, um, gain value in time. It's not like you're investing in wine that's going to, you know, get value over time unopened, right? It is more so let me get this instant gratification, regardless of the consequences, regardless of you know, not thinking truly for this child and their future, but thinking of what can I get out of my situation this moment and this moment in time. And it's a mental mindset and it takes discipline. It takes a knowing, it takes an understanding, and it takes a person really wanting to, um, stop those habits, stop those, 
and they may not even see. And it's unfortunate um, that that may be a lifestyle for a while, right? And by the time someone maybe get out of a cycle like that, they may be in their 40s, 50s, their child is grown, right? And having to come up with ways to get financial free on their, on their own or come up with ways to get the help that they need on their own because they did not have their parents set things up. I've had that in my life as well. Just, you know, growing up, I, no one was thinking about my future or setting my future up for me and no one was saving money for my future or ensuring everything was about what the moment right and I see because the everything was about the moment I do have even as an adult or growing up a tendency to a attract be attracted to the instant gratification what person doesn't right that instant melatonin serotonin or not melatonin sorry yeah I always say that when I'm thinking of serotonin serotonin or that instant dopamine right that instant fulfillment that people are now even getting from social media the likes the 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 fake pictures you could put on the 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 filters right the cover up any blemishes right you put that on and everybody's like oh right and the more you show or the cuter you are the more people you talk to the more likes you get right and that gives you that serotonin that dopamine that dopamine that that instant right and so that becomes an addiction right something that people do overly and so it comes to like especially if you have children like when are you going to make your life and ensure that your life is going in a direction that you're planning ahead for the unforeseen for the for the future for your children for the so it's you know in previous segments and if you've been listening and you're con and you're an actual fan or uh, listener uh, of this podcast you you know and i've said it over the years just how you need to prepare for the unforeseen, right? You, you got to have, I mean, at least if you, if you don't, you're not making the money that you need to be making, at least try to get the insurances, right? Trying to get the coverage for, because you know, we, you know, one thing's inevitable, death, right? <laughs> so at least get the life insurance, at least, you know, you know, one thing is inevitable, you know, birth, births of children or sicknesses or or doctor's visits right or or dentist visits so try to get some good health insurance right um if you're not able to see what free health insurance is available right so there's things that you can do in to ensure right your your safety, your future for your children's future. And then there's other things you can go above and beyond, right? With the bonds, right? With the, with the uh, treasury account, with, with the, uh, not so much the treasury accounts, but, um, with mutual funds and just different accounts that you can have set up. Um, you can start, the IRAs, the retirement, early retirement plans for your children, right? It's just certain things that you can do and you may need a financial person and you may just not be making the money, but I believe that everyone can sacrifice. So if there's something that you do on a regular, like that Starbucks, that can go towards something, right? You don't have to 
drink your money away. You don't have to eat your money away. You don't have to smoke your money away. You don't have, you like, right? So your money, if, if you truly are wanting to plan for the future and writing it, writing this stuff down and trying to come up with an actual plan or have, or get with someone, right? I, Definitely have my my schedule books are now open as of September. I'm no longer focusing strictly on non for profit and some other things that I was doing. I have opened my scheduling book. So if you do need the additional visionary specialist services, they are back open as of September. You are able to go to the website thoughtsofablackgirl.com. You can book an hour session with me. We can go over some things. I may be able to see some things that you may not be able to see. I do have my books, uh, my calendar open for that um, now. So if you're wanting to have those services, you can go online and book. Um, also, if you are in the local area and, and like into beauty and lashes and stuff, that those books are open too. So basically, I left September open for... Uh, uh, reopened all my calendars books for bookings for not only my not-for-profit visionary specialist services but also my beauty services that we offer through minxbyvictoria.com and then if you have not in if you have my heard my book is now available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and basically iTunes. If you want to do, if you want to just download the book, um, uh, ebook, you're able to do that. Unless you want to just order directly, you're able to do that off of Amazon.com. Um, look for Victoria's testimony. Um, I'm really excited. I have links up. Um, I definitely have. Um, come a long way when it comes to this these these books and I'm really excited so there's a lot going on in this fall season I'm really excited for the end of this year and going into the next year and just all the entrepreneur ventures and all the things that are going on are super exciting to me and it's like a new level a new platform higher heights I'm still coming here on this podcast platform coming to you all if my schedule tends to get even busier um, if there's other things that I start to do I will definitely keep you all engaged and post and in the know of what's going on and just to let you all know you know that I'm still here to help still here to you know come to you all with any anything that I believe that's helped me or things that I'm practicing or doing that's also something that you may want to integrate or implement into your life and so I'm really excited about everything that's going on so I hope that you all stay connected stay listening and last uh I have not been watching, I'm just going to, an extra, I had not been watching the news or TV really like that for basically since the pandemic hit hard, right? So it's been about a year and I started turning on the news and I see a lot that's going on, right? I, um, a lot that's going on. So I have my different views on, you know, everything that's going on in the world right now. Uh, we have, um, but I save those things, uh, a lot of my views and stuff, I will save some of it for my writings because I'm going to be working on a third book um, 
and over the next a couple years I want to you know see how the books that I have out now not see I know they're going to do great but just see how that goes and then um, see if I want to stay with the same publishing company and things like that but um, for now everything that I'm witnessing with what's going on in the world with you know the uh, Taliban and Al-Qaeda taking over Afghanistan and with, um, you know, the hurricane and the power outages and the oil spills and, and of course, the vaccinations and the mandation of these vaccinations. I mean, it's a lot going on all over the world. And it can get you boggled and your mind boggled, right? So for me, I just send love and healing and peace and joy out, right, to the world and and um, pray, you know, for those situations because my personal opinion isn't going to change that situation. And my personal opinion on, I can give it, and if you're take heed, you take heed. But I don't know if my personal opinion and what's going on in the world really matters too much, you know, other than me just hoping and wishing well to the all, right? And hoping the best for the best. But, you know, those who have the power outages, um, I'm hoping that, you know, of course that turns around for them, that they are able to get light, um, that you know, this is more of more reason why people should invest in um, solar panels, right? And when it comes to what's going on in Afghanistan, I, I always believe that um, that's their country. They operate how they want to operate. And I believe the fact that we're over there is is somewhat of a propaganda. I do believe the fact that we're over there also has always been because they had natural resources that we have to have. We have to have a relationship with them. So because America, to my opinion, has always, when they've had a relationship, has always tried to anybody, right? Any relationship you have with anybody, you want something out of it, right? And when you're a bully or a leader, you want the most for the little, for the, most for the least in return, right? You want to get the most and give the least. And I believe that's what kind of operation it's been running to the point where there have been wars, right? There has been wars over this money, this over over the oil land. And it's not something easy. You can't just take that from someone. You can't just take and then try to adopt your views. I believe that's something that European tactics have been used even here in North America. Wanting to just come over, change how things are done. And if not, we're going to kill, steal, destroy until it's conducive to how we want things to run even if that means your people are wiped out or put in concentration camps we'll do what we got to do so we can rule and I believe that's what has happened over in the eastern countries especially Afghanistan and to the point where they're not gonna they haven't allowed that to happen easily you know <laughs> as we can see 9-11 right or whatever propaganda that's associated with. And 
even more so now, right? But I'm not going to get too much on that. I know it's very controversial topics. I know that I can think very conspiracy and different ways. So I don't want to get feed much into that. But I do know that um, I believe that if we just allow countries to run how they want to run, think the world would be a better place (laughs) than to try to, you know, change it and to make it. But at the same time, people don't think it's fair. They look at this America over here and be like, they're free. That's the land of the free, you know, so it is made to look. And so we want to be able to do what we want to do and not be so you know held on to old religion or um depression or I mean oppression because that's a lot of that's what of those countries have had like I did not if I was over there and I was raised over there I would not have been able to write the books that I've written I'm not I would not be able to speak how I speak on this podcast so then I do appreciate and I am proud to be an American however I do see how the other countries have operated right and it is a top-down uh, where they just, you know, the the top, the people at the top rule, whether it's um, ruthless, ruthlessly or they take people out, but the the families at the top stay and rule and the people in the, you know, at the bottom seem to have to go through desolation and, and, and go through some hard times. So, and that doesn't seem fair. And, and looking from the outside in, you're like, no, they need a better life. They need inclusion, right? Like I did with the children. They need, they need that in their country. So I think again, to each his own on how those views are taken. I believe that things happen for a reason and um, the country, some countries are ran like that for a particular reason. And I, and um, it doesn't seem fair to us. So, I mean, I guess what we do is yes, America as the government step in and make it better for the people. So the people are on our side and ultimately um, we have a good connection with their natural resource because ultimately, you know, there's a bigger, bigger agenda than just the people, which it should be just the people, but it's not. So anyway, I thank you all for listening. Um, I hope that you continue to be one of my words I was the word of the month that turned into the word of the year that's going to be the word of the decade consistent <laughs> and um, continue to listen uh, again go to amazon.com purchase your copies of Victoria's Testimony volume one and volume two it's out now uh, you can go to Barnes Nobles as well however you like to if you want to g- purchase it on Kindle do so. Okay. It's, it's a life changer. It tells you my story. Definitely not looking for people to feel sorry for me, but I definitely want people to see the triumphs and the trials. Okay. And, um, again, if you're interested in any visionary specialist services, you can go to thoughts of If you're interested in any 
Thoughts of a Black Girl merchandise, you can go to thoughtsofablackgirl.com as well to purchase your, any Thoughts of a Black Girl merchandise from the website. You can do that. And uh, again, until next time, thank you for listening. God bless you and peace be with you.